Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Goolsby Show with, uh, of course, the former Notre Dame fighting Irish linebacker and captain, and then uh, me, the um, two-year varsity high school wide receiver, and that was about it. So, state finals in tennis, though, Mike. Uh, we'll just get <sighs> right into it. Three years we've been doing this, the first I hear of this. Yeah, my my, uh, my duo partner. I knew it was uh, duos. Okay, that duos. makes sense. Doubles, gosh, playing Double, too many video yeah. games. Doubles partner carried me. Oh, uh, Mike, uh, you were at the game. And, uh, of course, we're going to tell people to hit that thumbs up on the video before we get going here. But um, subscribe to our channel if you have not done so yet. Mike, Ohio State 17, Notre Dame 14. Again, you were there. You took it all in. What do you want to say off the, you know, off the jump of the show here? Well, I never get tired of being right. Oh, so. Geez. Last two shows, 
score prediction conversation, I said I expect it to be 0-0 coming out of the first quarter. So we were right there. And uh, yeah, I said I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game, you know, um, and it was. It was almost a tale of two games within one. You had the first half and you had the second half, and they were a complete departure from one another. Uh, but the overall experience, the game day, I mean, you really couldn't have asked for better better weather. I mean, it was incredible. Not too much red. I think the, the sea of red thing was kind of oversold. It was really a non-issue, a non-factor. Um, walking into the stadium, you know, we're kind of like, they kind of herd you in like cattle. And I'm next to a couple Buckeye fans. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? You know, what's your expectation? And he's like, well, if we can protect, he's like, I feel good. If, if, if our offensive lineman holds up, I feel pretty confident. I'm like, oh, boy, because, you know, we don't create a lot of pass rush. So if that was their number one concern was our pass rush, i.e. their pass protection, we might be in for a long day. But coming out of it, as always, Singer, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. Um, but the, the tail end of this game was pretty bad. I guess I shouldn't have said that. It's it's not never. Rarely is it ever as bad as it seems. The end of this game was was pretty tragic, dude. All right. Do you want to just watch the final forty five seconds or so? Yeah, I've got it all charted out. I mean, if you're not going to get us in trouble with whatever, yeah. No, I mean, no. Uh, my buddy Darren Pritchett took this video, so I can't remember what all. Because well, this is our workaround, huh? So three seconds left. So I guess this is just the last play of the game. Oh, okay. Right? So the little throw to Harrison on the side, that was incomplete. That was the second. You want me to walk you through it? What do you have on video, brother? We have the leading up to the final play of the game. So the play before that was Notre Dame had 10 men on the field. So you get to watch how long Notre Dame could have subbed somebody in. So for folks watching on YouTube, you're going to get this podcast audience know. Got it. So, Let's count it real quick. One, two, three. So to be fair, this is after our timeout, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Right, they called timeout. So they, yeah, they get the third and nineteen. Just to get everybody on the same page, they get the third and nine con- conversion to Abuka. They're on like the one yard line, right? They hurry up and spike the ball because there's mere seconds left on the clock. They come out in formation. We have eleven people on the field. Then we call timeout. Our last remaining timeout. They have none. We're like, okay, let's take a snapshot of what they're, what personnel grouping they're in, et cetera. We call timeout to what, Mike? Regroup. You know, we're, we're going to regroup. This is the game. We come out of our timeout with 10 people on the field. They run some sort of pass, throw it at Benjamin Hartman or Be- Benjamin Morrison. Incomplete. Uh, next play, obviously only took a second or two off the clock. They run it off tackle to the left, we still have 10 people on the field. So coming out of a timeout, we had 10 people on the field. So look, two consecutive plays in a row. Ohio State is making a sub. So So you have to talk about this substitution here and that the ref steps in, right, per the rules to give us time to rotate a a guy in. So that piece with the substitution, Mike, correlates with what Freeman had to say in the press conference. Which was... I didn't hear it, but I've heard it through the you know grapevine. I didn't hear it with my own two years, but he he they questioned him about the ten men on the field, and he's like, "Oh, we knew there was ten men on the field. We didn't want to run the risk of getting penalized for having a guy you know running in and off the field 
and giving him an extra 12 inches, which, so, dude. My question is, at what point did you know that there were 10 men on the field? Because, again, look at they all. They didn't know. Look at Might all. have been the press conference. Yeah, look at all of this time. All, Nobody knows. All this time. So. And Freeman, this, Freeman. Blunder. You know, Freeman took took a took a bullet for either and now Washington because it's a defensive line missing from the equation. He took a bullet for Al Golden. And what's ironic as hell, and I want to, you know, go back in time three minutes, you know, of game time to how do we get here? But during the broadcast, um. You're hearing all about – I'm just going through my notes – all about Sam Hartman's calming presence. We got another quarterback with intangibles, right? Um, but so Golden said something to the effect of he's learned through his time in the NFL, Michael, that, quote, this is what the commentator had said. I think it was Burledge. Most games aren't decided until the final four minutes. And we come out here and shit down our leg, you know, execution-wise. And it just throws that whole narrative that we've had – Leading up to this game, that how crisp, crisp things have been um, for Freeman, execution wise, penalty wise, you know, it's changed. Is this just going to be forever known as like the 10 man game? Like this is just a colossal, colossal failure here, Mike? I mean, it, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's unthinkable. You know, I took a I took a customer, a doctor to to the game, right? We and we were so upset that after the game, we walked 25 minutes to the car and just said, "To hell with it." We drove back to Omaha, so I, you know, I didn't get into Nebraska till eight o'clock this morning. So I'm running on fumes. I'm exhausted. Drove through the night, but I was just disgusted. Like, let's just get out of here. And I'm sitting there going, "I'm like, in your field, he's a doctor," and I'm like, "In your field, what's the worst thing that you could do?" you know, your Hippocratic oath, right? Do no harm. Like what's the worst thing that you could possibly real? And like, I, you can't even, in, cause I'm trying to draw a, make an analogy between like a medical professional and like a defensive coordinator against a top 10 matchup game on the line at home to not have an extra guy on the field. And obviously the beauty of football, there's things that led up to that. Right. You know, dropped interceptions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, I mean, it's, did you lose your job over that, Mike? What's the worst thing you could do in your role? You've already been drunk on air with uh, Hyde back in the day. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys used to totally, sip a little whiskey. Totally probably not true. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, I don't know. It's tough. I've, I've seen a guy report that uh, a prominent Big Ten coach was taking a job in the NFC North, and it was false, and he kept his job. So I don't know, Mike. Hmm. yeah it's 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 uh and then like you know there's so much irony we had john kennedy from always irish on our big pregame show and it was fun actually kind of being at these tailgates and moving around to see how much our show has grown you get noticed oh yeah yeah i mean especially because i've gone back a handful of times you might rarely get noticed like ghouls we love the show love the show love the show and i was like man it's grown which is fun yeah. Where was I going with that? Oh, but John Kennedy was talking about his keys, keys, his keys to the game. 
don't flinch. You know, who's going to flinch? And it's like our own coaching staff flinched. It's, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we dive into some, some more of the specifics, I mean, Mike, actually real quick, I think that kind of puts a bow on the 10, the 10 man thing. I mean, I don't well, want to. Are we going to do leading up to the 10 man? Of course. Thing? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. We have a lot to talk about, but I just, I don't want to have to keep going back to it. Like we, we talked about it. We spent several minutes on it because in our, Post game show last night, every third comment was, Hey, Mike, do you know there's 10 men on the field? Yeah, we just want to say we got it. Like, it's we're remarkable. Good. It's, it's, it's for all the wrong reasons. It's like you, you could, if you're a 40 year old college football fan, you can go to the grave and you'll never see that happen again. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, but before we dive into it, we're going to hear from one of our coolest sponsors, if I might say myself, and that's Homefield, an amazing collegiate clothing line based out of Indianapolis and committed to creating officially, uh, it, well, it is officially licensed. They're not uh, committed to that because it already is, but they're definitely committed to this comfortable clothing um, and very stylish, might I add, too. Uh, fantastic designs, especially when you're looking at some of these Notre Dame designs, uh, and they have this new Sam Hartman uh, t-shirt that we really need to get to Mike Goolsby like yesterday. Um, so he can wear it. And I'm sure we'll talk about Sammy High. Mm, can't call him Sammy Heisman, maybe. No, well, maybe not for now. Different discussion for a, for a different time mm. on the show. Mm. Uh, but, folks, authentic uh, designs really shows the nostalgia of, of Notre Dame, and I really can't wait to see you guys all wearing your home field apparel um, at a Notre Dame game. They actually have licenses to over 150 colleges, so you can find that college um, you know, sports item for you know uh, uh, dozens of schools. Uh, you can go up here in the tab. I mean, from Air Force to Appalachian State, um, you know, the team that formerly beat Michigan. Um, I mean, again, folks, just tons and tons of schools here. Um, and, and even better, when you use promo code BLUEGOLD23, you'll get 15% off your first nice. order with Home Field. So site's easy to shop to find that perfect college gear uh, that you need to complete your game day outfit. Be prepared for the fall by shopping today at homefieldapparel.com. And remember to use promo code BLUEGOLD23 and receive 15% off your first purchase. Christmas is coming, by the way. Christmas is coming. Be here before you know it. Yeah, so, I mean, today, three days or uh, three months until Christmas Eve. How about that? Uh, we got super chats, Mike. Just want to dive into some super chats because I feel like if we go into those, it'll probably yeah, I'm sure it'll on. guide us the direction we're headed inevitably. Yeah, go exactly. ahead. That's exactly what I'm thinking, folks. Please hit that thumbs up if you have not done so yet. Um, Rick Palmer says, "Why did Freeman not put the 11th man in when Ohio State subbed run the running back on the very last play? Freeman set a penalty, but it would not have been." So this is my thing on this. Like you have the off you like if you, let's say you run on the defensive lineman. I know we said we weren't gonna talk about this, but this is another point here. <laughs> you said we weren't. <laughs> I know I did. So, so here you go. You run them on, but offsides is not the only penalty there. Like you could just have a lineman just or a D lineman just bump into the offensive lineman, false start, right? Move up a half inch or whatever it would be inside the one to get that eleventh man on there. Cause then a false start, it's a dead, it's dead right offsides you can store on the plate but false art's dead so i really think freeman is just covering somebody's ass for sure he was absolutely yeah like i said he took a bullet for golden he took a bullet for al washington um the penalty excuse just doesn't make sense to me because you have it, that it, penalty option it, of, a, of a false start mike if it, it doesn't make sense so he's either lying um but he's like yeah he's almost fibbing 
to try and like hide the fact that nobody knew what was going on. I mean, and I just watched, yeah, I had to, yeah, I haven't slept, right? Cause I had to watch the, the game back. You could, you know, there's sideline shots, et cetera. There's no stress. Like there's n- nobody's jumping around like, oh my God, we only got, nobody knew, nobody knew. JD Bertrand didn't know, you know, your captain linebackers, nobody knew, you know, there's a, nobody knew just because the moment was that big and um, it should have never happened. But yeah, I, I don't, Freeman's excuse in the press conference, it doesn't make any sense. So his options were lie and kind of make up this kind of like penalty thing or acknowledge that like, yeah, we effed up and that that's, that's what I'm left with. Yeah. It's also, it's it was also like 10 minutes after the game. So I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Like I can't say he really had his full thoughts together. Like he wouldn't have a statement prepared on the thing. Um, but anyways, um, so Rick, thank you. Well, yeah, but can we just break the, can we just give this its due so that. Yeah. So even if he was like, yeah, we knew there was 10 people on the field. It, it's just, it's, it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's hard to get your head around. It's like, oh yeah, we knew we didn't want to risk the penalty. So you're just gonna, so what's worse, like losing an extra, again, eight to 12 inches of, the ball's on the freaking goal right. line versus being a man down in the in a goal line scenario. It's a scrum. I mean, if and you ever needed an extra guy, it'd be them. Yeah. It makes no sense. But we'll move on past it. But yeah. it just it's just tragic. It really is. Joseph, two dollar super chat. Admin says goals national championship do actions match the words. Uh, who's admin? I don't get it. Admin, oh, like the administration. Yeah. Um, that's a super broad question. Y- yes, for a dollar ninety nine. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Joseph. I'm hey, Jeff, I really do appreciate your support in the Mike Goolsby show, though. Uh, not a super chat, but how many f bombs did you drop last night during the game, Mike? I don't know if you were really trying to impress this this client of yours, or if you're just letting him fly. Oh no, he's a good buddy. Um, good. So yeah, several. And it was funny leaving the stadium. So yeah, several, probably countless F-bombs. Not necessarily during the game, because I kind of watch it with an analytical eye. But the sure. walking out, all I could find myself saying, walking out saying was like, you got to make plays. Because at that point, I didn't know about the 10-man thing, right? So I, all at that point, all I'm thinking about is, you know, J.D. Bertrand giving up that third 19, and I'm thinking about D.J. Brown dropping a pick. Um, th- that's walking out of the stadium. That's what was on my mind. It's like, and this is all the le- the build up to this show, singer. What we talking about? Making plays, you know. Yeah. Um, big time player make big time plays. They ought to. DJ Brown. Mm. Mike, of all of the different things, right? The the ten man blunder. The the fourth and ones. <laughs> that Notre Dame didn't convert. Yeah. The missed 47 yarder, which last night everybody's Spencer Schrader's the the scapegoat. I'm like, that's of all the things. Missing a 47 yard kick is not in my top five. Maybe it's top 10. Which one do you think is the biggest? Like the biggest defining moment that was just right. It's the pick, right? That is such an easy interception. Right. That's- the 10 men thing is just so it was kind of fluky. Right, you missed a 47 yarder, that's a hard kick, but that pick, Mike. 
No, you're being kind with the field goal thing, but the missed field goal is early enough in the game where it can't be the number one biggest blunder, right? It's the pick. It's the missed pick because there was another one earlier in the game in the back of the end zone. It would have been a hell of a play, but he could have caught it. I mean, Xavier Watts could have had a pick early in the game. Xavier Watts has been very disappointing this year um, just from a playmaker, getting your name called kind of aspect. But yeah, I would say that the, I'm just kind of going down them. And you mentioned the fourth and ones. Yeah. Which were, yeah, this strange, you know, like the, the first one with Sam, it's like, He's running to the edge and, you know, he puts his shoulder down a little bit, but I felt like there could have been a better effort there. And then the second sneak where he tried to, you know, squeeze it outside or whatever, it was just goofy. But then Singer can't be the fourth and ones because we stopped them twice on fourth and one, right? So those, yeah, I got the drive charts. Yeah, those nullify themselves. So it has to be in the field goals too early. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of if we're talking about a singular play, it's the pick. The last three, four minutes of the game, some offensive substitution play calling thing, which kind of got us into this other position that we couldn't get ourselves out of. You you know, we make a play, we get the intentional grounding with Patello. We somebody steps up and makes a play. It's third and nineteen. We're like, yes, you know, Al Golden. He plays, we talked about it last show. Jason Garrett said said as much as last time when he was on air. Al Golden is either I'm going to pressure your ass or I'm going to play coverage. There's no blend of the two on any given snap. It's heat, maximum, maximum pressure, or it's maximum coverage. So we went max pressure the play before, gets us into a third 19. Next snap, he goes max coverage. And, uh, you know, J.D. didn't play that right. You know, he, he allowed that third wide receiver that it was that tight end who's not a burner by any stretch of the imagination, gets behind J.D. J.D. doesn't take the right angle in his pass drop, and then it puts Ramon Henderson in a bind. So Ramon Henderson's got to – I got to play two and I got to play three. Had J.D. ran with number three, Ramon would have picked off the pass. He would have yeah. rolled off on two. Yeah. Uh, I want to co- cover the officiating, Mike, uh, before we get to more super chats. Oh, man. I'm kind of on the boy who cried wolf with the officiating right now because after every Notre Dame game that I've ever covered, all I hear from the fans is how bad the ref was. Every single game, right? So if it's like, oh, well, the refs were really bad on this one. It's like, I mean, this is what I hear every single game. Now, I'm not defending the refs because, I mean, I think refereeing can be bad, but like that, it, it's just – you know what it used to be though like you know you used to it goes back to even playing grade school basketball i mean bad calls get made people make mistakes that's part of the game but like over time in recent history you know that's half the reason i can't watch the nfl there's too many commercials and there's too many penalties like i don't watch the nfl like i'll follow the draft you know i'll watch sports center but it's tough to watch a game and it's like you're almost seeing that element in college football where these refs are like they're injecting themselves in the game. They're like stopping play. Like we can forgive a bad call, missed PI, missed hold. Like that stuff will always happen. But it's like, why are right. you stopping play? Like there was times in that game where like we substituted and the ref would like like unnecessary infusion of officiating. Um, which is unique, like it's it's somewhat kind of recent to the sport. It's bizarre, and it's it's across the board. Um, right. Obviously, we're all Notre Dame fans, so it, it feels more isolated. Like they're making it about us. I don't know if that's the case, 
but yeah, being in the stadium, I could, I could, I mean, I'll say it. Like there was two or three times where I was like, this is fucked up. Like <laughs> we got some momentum and then like, here, here's this whistle. We're going to stop play. I was like, that happened at least twice. And you're sitting all everybody's like, what, the, what is going on? Like we're rolling, boom, you get a whistle and here comes some ref talking, you know, stopping the flow of the game. That stuff's nauseating. Yeah. Yeah. I think the flow of the game thing is really a good point. Cause I remember mm-hmm. like a few years back, the NFL had a thing where it was like, we're going to flag all celebration penalties. And it was just the stupidest thing. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of that the next year. It's like, it's just like people needing to feel real important. I guess I don't know. Let, let them play. But, but it's interesting. Last note on officiating. Like people have got become so critical and sports have gotten so big and there's so much money being bet, right? Singer. Yeah. It's like uh they unnecessarily review things now. It's like that was fine, you know. It's like so it's more stoppage to the game. So it's gotta improve. I mean, I'm sure that falls on the umbrella of the NCAA, and we know how competent they are. So extremely, yeah. Yeah. All right, um, Ian posted a $20 super chat. Ian, I did not see a follow-up comment. Um, you don't need to, but if you would like to, um, if you have anything you want to address on the show, I'll be looking for you, the, Ian. Scroll all the way up to the top of the chat that you can get up there. I think he, he dropped that like before we went live. No, no, no. It okay, was um, you yeah, know, it was about well, eight minutes ago, six minutes ago. No, I've been looking for him. All right. Well, but Ian, if you got anything, just uh, post it again. Uh, I'll be looking for it. You got the more super chat that we want to get back into the – the game oh we got so many dude all right hit fire go eric uh ten dollars says i don't know what the effect was on the outcome of the game but the morrison cornerback blitz killed me yeah the, that 40 yard pickup or whatever it was just a it's tough long coverage it's tough and that's all comes down to that the end of that game kind of collapse that tragedy um i like the call but you know who effed it up behind him you're about to tell me dj brown I knew it was yeah, going to be DJ when I when I coach high school kids, I always use like a bike chain analogy. Everything's got to work in unison. So if Ben's going to blitz, obviously somebody's got to come down and cover. And yeah, you can't have a you know whatever he is, sixth year senior, busting like that and then dropping a pick later. It's bad, man. Yeah, yeah. Eric, appreciate the uh, the ten dollars. Uh, Just ND gal says, "Gould be your sweetheart here." Uh, oh, that's, on, that's great. Putting you on the spot. Um, how would you have moved forward as a Notre Dame player after your coaches sent the defense out there with 10 men and they knew it and didn't fix it seriously? How? So I guess kind of like, how do you face your coaches in the locker room after that game? Well, yeah, well, let me read it again. How would you, as an ND player after your coaches? Yeah. So I, I would like to take a little bit of accountability. If I was in JT, JD Bertrand's shoes, because he didn't know, like, you know, you've got captains out there and nobody knew, like nobody acknowledged it. So that's, so like, that's probably to answer your question, sweetheart is just, um, that's my, how, how it would help me sleep at night. Cause be like, well, I could have done something like to your point, Mike, I could have just jumped off sides to get the 11th guy out there. Yeah. yeah. That's how I would probably deal with, deal with it. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. You do lose, you do lose a little bit of respect, but how are those coaches going to try and spin that last glad, just last thought? Like, how are they going to try and spin that? Like if we would have tackled better in the second quarter, blah, 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 blah. 
um, we wouldn't even have been in this position. So the coach is going to deflect that, that snafu. Like we should have never been there. If we would have stopped them on third and 19, it would have been a non-issue. Are they going to take ownership of it? I don't know. So I've been working with Mike Goolsby. I've seen every Mike Goolsby show, might I add, um, considering I've been on every single one of them. But Mike always thinks through the player lens. So Mike is going to think if I were out there, it's on me, right? I'm captain 41. I mean, I gotta, I gotta notice that and and do something about it. And so. I might not have even known what to do in that scenario. I might have not had the presence of mind to jump off sides, but I would have had like a, a note. But we're no, we're out of that timeouts now. Nobody noticed it. The body language, right. nobody knew. That's what would have ate me alive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, just Andy, uh, just Andy Gal. I really appreciate the uh, the very generous super chat. Uh, the Smith family. Did anyone else panic when Ohio State caught the ball at the one? Everyone ran blind. McCord is signing spike. I had flashbacks to the Bush push end. Yeah, I thought Bush push. I also thought of uh, the Dan Marino fake spike. Um, you would, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, three and zero Dolphins. How about seventy points today? Um, anyways. No, it's a good it's a good point. The super chat you make there. I mean, they they probably could have just walked right in. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Ian Moran still looking for a comment from you. I uh, just he posted another super chat. Just if you have anything, please uh please comment that. Uh Smith family, thank you for the super chat. And E Davis says, okay, this is uh getting into the game a little bit, Mike. Um I want to look at um the the Notre Dame receivers. Just woof, Mike. Um Mitchell Evans had a fantastic game, seven targets, seven receptions, 75 yards. Flores, three for 20 and a touchdown. Great House, two for 40. Uh, Jabran Payne, two for six. Tyree, you know, had the 25-yard reception. And then what happened? I don't know. After that, Jaden Thomas, uh, three targets, just one catch for seven um, yards. And then uh, Tobias Merriweather. One target for six, and he had six yards. But he also there was also the PI that I think was called when uh, Hartman threw a ball his way, which is not going to show up in the the stats. But um, yeah, still Mike, not a not a great performance. So just thoughts on the receivers, and I might even get into Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Let's do do that. you think? And I asked this to Tim last night: Is this more on Hartman not finding his receivers, or the receivers not getting open? Combo of both. Thoughts on that. Um, it's not what we all envisioned, right? I mean, if you, most Notre Dame fans were confident going into this game because of Sam Hartman, like we're going to air it out. Uh, it was a very conservative game plan. So the, the question is why? 
you know, we had a couple nice like drives, you know, we had a drive that went 94 yards, you know, it was whatever it was, Mike, you can pull up the drive chart, 10 plus plays, right? Um, an amazing drive. And you're like, God, is that sustainable to go on a 10, 12, 13 point uh, play drive to get points on the board? I don't know. So to the super chat, I think what a lot of people, what, what the issue is for a lot of folks is like the over the top stuff, the deep ball. I counted three deep balls from Sam. One was early third quarter, first possession, third quarter. He sailed it on Jaden Thomas. Jaden Thomas had his guy beat. Um, not a great throw. Later on in the third quarter, he underthrows Rico Flores. Um, and then you've got your pa pass interference to Tobias. So it's like, is it the, the game plan that led to the lack of deep balls? Or is it to like what Tim and I, Tim Hyde and I have been trying to say and tell the fan base since before the season kicked off is like, we don't have those dudes. You yeah. know, like we did our preseason grades, Mike, and what I give the wide receiver group a B minus. And people thought I was being overly critical. And I'm like, dude, I'm being kind. Yeah, no, I talked to you into it a little bit. Yeah. We just don't. And you've heard about how fast Tobias is. You've heard about, you've heard about it. Um, but yeah, we just don't have guys that can take the top off of a defense when you're playing quality competition. So who knows, who knows better in terms of what they have in that wide receiver room, the Notre Dame fan base, Notre Dame talking heads on the internet or coach Parker. So coach Parker's like, we, we can't beat them deep. We're going to just nickel and dime them. And I thought Sam did a great job. I mean, he felt like he didn't miss a pass his first yeah. six or seven throws. No, he, he, no, he, yeah, that's correct. He was like eight or eight or something. What do you think about this comment from uh, my boy Lux ND? He says the game plan did not change between a Pine game and a Hartman game. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I think maybe they don't throw it 25 times a Pine in that, but maybe. I don't know. I think that this is an interesting comment. Yeah, it's like you got a supercar and it's like, it, you take it out on Sundays, you know, it's like, you're never going to take it to the track. So like fans think we've got this supercar in Hartman and we're only going to take it to, you know, get brunch on Sundays or something. Right. And yeah, they, they want to see you uncork them. So I believe in Sam Hartman's ability, but going into the season, Mike, this is why I wish people would watch every episode. Cause there's almost like a narrative that's either going to be proved true or false in my Tyler Buckner thing. Right. Dead ass wrong. But he might have picked up that fourth and one, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, so would Mitchell Evans, but I don't think he should be playing quarterback the entire yeah. time. Yeah, so um, I just think I think the, the lack of the deep ball, the lack of, like, you know, exciting chunk splash plays in the passing game, this week in particular was due to we just don't have a guy to take the top off of a defense. Now, we do against the Central Michigan, you know, a lesser opponent. Um, and I, yeah, again, I believe in Sam's ability, but yeah, you didn't bring him here to, you know, nickel and diamond throw for 170 yards. Yeah. It's tough. I did, but the less on uh 250 passing yards. So I'm feeling good about that for, for him. Nice. Just unfortunate that I had to, um, I finally, we got a comment from Ian and it's just the letter Y six times. So I feel you there, Ian. Just, I, I feel you. But how did, how did Sam play? Okay. You know, like, and I, I was trying to go through this little, 
if you knew nothing about Notre Dame football, you were just, you know, just an average civilian and you just popped on the game and uh, you left it on mute. You with me, Mike? I'm, I'm with you. I'm pulling up his PFF stuff too. Okay. And if you left it on mute and you have no idea who Sam Hartman is, you know, a little bit about football, you're just watching the game, you'd be like, he's average based off this Ohio State game. If you didn't have the commentators, you know, again, lauding over him about his calming presence and leadership and all this stuff, I mean, he didn't wow you. He didn't wow you in this game. I think he was – I think he did what he was kind of asked to do for the most part. Like, pretty solid game. McCord popped. More. Well, he was asked to pick up those fourth and ones. No, well, don't roll your eyes. But like I said, because, again, the stakes – this is what the thing is. The stakes are higher with having a Sam Hartman. They are. So he doesn't get a pass for not picking up two fourth and ones. You you can't have it. Okay. You get those. All right. Well, they could also ask him to run a four four. He might not be able to do it. You know, like it, it, I'm not I'm not faulting him for for bad play. Nor am like I, but no, I'm not. Listen, we can be critical and not be negative. We didn't, we failed on two fourth down conversions where the quarterback had the ball in their hand. It can't happen. In a, in a top 10 matchup, big time players make big time plays in big time games. And yeah. That's why you're here, man. I mean, it's just true. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was, you know, that fourth and one sneak uh, that would probably, you, you would think, uh, Audrey Estime first, but yeah. Yeah. Not, not my, uh, but not, so not what's he? Did he, did he do we do we feel like the the bummer? The bummer is I was so fascinated. Who was going to be allowed to put the team on their back? Was it going to be an Audric Estime or was it going to be a Sam Hartman? And it kind of felt like neither. Yeah. What, what Estime got fourteen look, carries, dude. Did you get to listen to our show last night with Tim? Did you watch? I it was back listening or to it on the drive back, brother. Yeah. So okay. So I don't need to repeat things because you know how I feel about the game. Like the offense was like it was good. They moved the ball, and then they just they just took ate so much time off the clock. And why? This is what we're because we don't have a splash guy to go catch the ball. And that's yeah. what Tim was alluding to, and I'm co-signing that. I mean, he and I are very much simpatico there. Yeah, I'm with it. It's brilliant. Like great job. Coach Parker, like, you put together a drive like that. Good job. But then we, people used to shit on Coach Reese all the time, right? And he didn't have a Sam Hartman at, at a quarterback. So it's like when you have limited tools to work with, when you don't have a top three pick out there, you know, three wide receivers, first-round wide receivers, up, you know, you don't have that type of talent. It may, it's a tough job to call plays. And he did a he great does, job. He does at Bama. He's not too, doing too great, but – didn't do too great against USF, against their group of five talent, but you get the point. Uh, oh my gosh, super even, yeah, super even game plan. The, the whole thing was touch and go. We're into the seventh, eighth, ninth round, and then, um, gosh, I'm going back because I've got this all kind of charted out here yeah so after so let's go back to the the morrison blitz busted coverage by dj right okay that was followed up by 
the pass to Travion Henderson where we've got J.D. Bertrand out in coverage. Sucks for J.D. It sucks for J.D. But we had had Kaiser covering that back earlier in the game. It sucks for J.D. to be out okay. there. So do you blame J.D. for that? No, I don't. Okay. Let's hear me, let me, hear me out. So okay. I said, this was followed up by Bertrand on the running back. Five-man pressure versus empty. We're not even bringing more than they have to block. So what the what is Golden doing? You've got four down linemen. Of course, you rust Marist, right? We'll start calling him. Uh, I don't even come up with his nickname, but so they've got four. They're an empty. They've got five people displaced as receivers. They got a quarterback behind center. So you got five blockers. We have four D linemen plus Marist. So at that point, it's a fair fight. It's an even numbers game. So then everybody else back there, we have Idris playing cover one. Right. So it's JD with no help against Travion Henderson based off the scheme. It's not his fault. He's outmatched athletically. You know, maybe I would go check, check Maris. You go run with him. Maybe, but the scheme is broken. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not loving golden. So right then that, that goes forward. That goes forward. Eventually we get the fourth and one stop where they run that jet sweep and Jack, Jack Kaiser and, and DJ did a great job on that play. They both did. Next drive, Rico gets that catch, stays in bounds, right? Remember, Sam has to move a little bit out of pocket. Estimate gets a run up the middle for 12 yards. Feed me, son. Remember him, Mike? Feed me, right? He's doing this. And like, dude, the game's over. We have them on the ropes. The game is over. It's a wrap. So what do we do next play? First and 10, we bring in a true freshman, Jeremiah Love, and uh, Ford, forget his name, the running back transfer. Yep. And we do that split backfield. Ford hasn't played in four weeks, hasn't played a meaningful snap since he got that concussion on a kick return. So now you've got, and the stakes are this high, the leading rusher in the country who happens to be 230-plus pounds, we're going to pull him out to put a true freshman in and a transfer that hasn't played in four weeks. I don't mind the play call, you know, like 44, big-time player, makes big-time plays. He comes off the edge. He busts it up. Sam smartly holds onto the ball. Next play, we try to throw the screen. Who makes a play? Big-time player. Number 44 tips that screen pass. Now we're at third and 15. Punt. Oh, before we punt it, false start by our fifth-year captain, J.D., on a punt. Just dumb stuff, you know? And then um, that basically, you know, whatever happens, then we get to the intentional grounding, then we get the third and 18. That's on third and 19. That's on J.D., didn't play that right. They spike the ball. We call timeout, 10-man, 10-man. Like that little that little window of time, and this is after that commentator says, Al Golden learned in the NFL, man, nothing really matters till the final four minutes, and that's the end result. It's It sucks, man. Hmm. And, the, you know, a lot of missed tackles. That was something else I struggled with is listening to everybody, the you know, the talking heads and the drive home. It's like, the kids played their hearts out. They played their butts off. Did they, though? I have never seen a graphic put up on a college football screen that says we've missed 44 tackles. We're 115th in the in – the, I've never seen that graphic before where they're tracking missed tackles. Folks, that's, it's a thing. So, like, did you play your ass off if you're missing a bunch of tackles? Like, can both things be true? I don't know. Mm. 
Yeah, Notre Dame got we still Notre Dame got accounted for eight missed tackles according to PFF. Ben Morrison two, Watts two, and then Burnham, Leafau, Howard Cross, DJ Brown all got credit for one. So can we talk about that long touchdown run? That's another thing that's just let's um, in my um, brain. Yeah, their first their first possession in the second half, first play yep. touchdown. Mm-hmm. Just so, fun. and I will, you know, again, I, I, I haven't been impressed with Xavier Watts just because we were so excited about his like potential and kind of the way he finished off last season. And it's, is it the players or is it the scheme? And I'm just focusing on defense singer as I do. They run outside zone. Is this it, dude? Nice. This is JD Bertrand's fault. 100%. I love this, Mike. Can you actually like play it? Can you? Yeah, yeah. Um, No, no, I can't. Play okay. It. So real quick, and I think we've touched on this in the podcast before, dude. When you're talking to a linebacker, freeze it. That's perfect right there. Freeze it, freeze it, freeze it. Right there is fine. So that running back shoulders are a 45, right? They're at a 45. Do you agree here, Mike? Yeah, yeah. They're not necessarily facing the sidelines. Angled, yeah. They are angled. So you teach a linebacker, like, you know, you're keying that back. And my departure is based off of his shoulder. So if he stays square, I'm staying square. You know, if he runs 45, I'm flying. So this this back, you know, runs it right off tackle. JD, or excuse me, Maris does a great job of blowing it up, blowing out these pullers. Okay. And then JD hits it as if it's an inside zone. And the balls, there's nothing in there, JD. There's no air for that ball to hit. Yeah, because he That's goes. On and everybody's going to talk about Xavier Watts missing the tackle, but this defense wasn't designed to make Xavier Watts make a tackle between the hashes one on one. Nobody would drop a defense like that. It's JD and 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 uh, Xavier should be making that tackle. Preseason preview, dude. What I say about JD Bertrand? I said he better be perfect. He's played so much football. He does have a few limited like athletic size, length type things, speed, whatever. But in terms of your your checks and your fits and whatever, you got to be perfect. And this is far from it. This ball's I mean, going just, outside. JD's inside. I mean, yeah, he's he it's just goes, he's a magnet here for this this pulling guard. And these plays are tough playing linebacker because at some point you do lose sight of the ball as you're scraping over. You do. Um, but this is not on Xavier Watts. That's I, I just want to make this point. Because everybody that I've heard talk about it blames him for this missed tackle. No, that's on JD Bertram. Okay. I just I just want to throw and he didn't out... even play last week, so he should be extra prepared. Um no, I, I'm hearing not on JD for the wheel, not on Watts, although they were in position to make plays and didn't, but it is on Sam on a sneak. That's just what I'm hearing. Um no, we can call. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not doing this baloney, dude. I'm just saying that's what I'm hearing. He has a job to do, and he didn't do it on those two plays, and it's okay for us to acknowledge it. Okay. Point, point, so clear. Watts, though, that's Watts's fault. He did miss a tackle. No, in that scheme, that's more on JD than Watts. Yeah, it's an impossibility. You're asking. He's on scholarship too. That running back. You're asking. Xavier Watts to make a one-on-one tackle between the hashes with no help. Nobody can make that play unless you're. Sean Taylor, RIP, you know what I'm saying? 
No, this is too big of a game to do that, like, kind of hee-hee, you know, quarterback thing that you like to do. Uh, no, Sam Hartman's a 24-year-old. He's a 24-year-old quarterback. It's making a ton of money to come out here and be a transfer quarterback for us, and we didn't get it done. Is he a part of that? Absolutely. Okay, just – no different than no different than a missed you know missed forty seven yard field goal. You got jobs to do. You got to execute in games like this. Okay, all right, Mike. Uh, B play says a lot of missed mistakes uh, at us add up to us beating ourselves. Blown coverage, missed tackles, penalties, and coaching mistakes. What a great opportunity next Saturday to take back momentum on the season. After yeah, this. yeah. College game day back uh, back That's to back wild. weeks. Yeah, uh, it'll be at Duke next weekend, uh, seven thirty, I believe. Uh, ABC or ESPN game. Um, so yeah, I think Notre Dame goes and beats an undefeated Duke team, and you know, then you're looking at oh, I, we can run the table here. We got you know USC at home, uh, uh, two lost Clemson team on the road. I still think that's going to be a really tough game for the for Notre Dame to win. But uh, still, I think the Clemson one's ironic because you're like, ooh, it's even tougher now that they have two losses. I mean, backs their backs are up wall. against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they played pretty well against Florida State. I try to watch as much of that game as I could Fred, to uh, uh, take care of some other stuff. But, um, yeah, just wait till they get rolling. I mean, dude, when you watch Clemson, they got five stars everywhere. Um, so they're a talented team. So, uh, But B-Place, really appreciate the uh, the $10 Super Chat. Rick says, third and 19, we go uh, three-man rush for zone. We did the same thing last year, and I think it was a two-man rush on a third and extremely long for a first down. I thought of, I thought a lot about this, Rick. So it's like, you know, damned if you do, Mike, right? Damned if you don't. So let's just say Golden brings a six-man pressure and then we're leaving somebody on an island one-on-one. We're like, I can't believe we would pressure on third and 19. So I see both sides of it, I do. But if we execute, it's not a bad play call. If we execute, it's not a bad, bad play call. You kind of had Maris floating around, kind of doing – his thing, uh, yeah, he was kind of like we played a lot of we played a lot of single high man, and we brought like DJ down to be like a robber, right? And that that's what makes that drop pick even more painful. It's like it was the perfect play call by Golden. Like he steps right down there, you know, jumps up. Um, I don't I don't hate the call. The the in terms of the collapse at the end. I hate taking Audrey Gestime off the field after he just picked up. He's dude, he's on the freaking podium with McAfee. Like, again, let's make this kid a star. He's out there, like, feed me. You know, he didn't play a lot during the, the middle portion of the game. And I was like, are we looking for a spark from Jeremiah Love or something? Who is the most talented back, by the way? And that's pretty clear at this point. But that's if we're going to point to one thing coaching wise, outside of the obvious 10 man on the field, but we would have never got there if we would have just let estimate eat and do what he does. Just let me ask you something. People. Yeah. Notre Dame had 65 snaps in this game per PFF. How many do you think estimate was in on? Like how many, how many snaps was he in? Well, I think he had 14 carries off the top of my head. So I would say sure. under 20 of them, 20 snaps. Yeah, 25. That seems crazy low. 25. Here I was saying, when push comes to shove, the five-headed monster running back is going to be a memory. They're going to play Audrick Estime. But it's, 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 it's like, it's like, God. Here you go, 
or uh, sorry, Goolsby. Um, here, here it is. It's like snap counts. You do so many of these shows, brother. But like sometimes I'm like, okay, I have this thought. And I'm like, didn't I say that last year though? Didn't I say that the year before? And like, it's like it's an internal battle that I had to um, kind of wrestle with. But like the running back usage, the way that Coach Reese would do it, it's like he would be putting out estimate out on a route. And then we try to hammer it inside with Tyree. It's like, why are you doing that? In the biggest game in uh, you know twenty years at Notre Dame Stadium, we're putting in Devin Ford. You know, it's just like he hasn't played in three, four weeks. You know, Jabron Payne's getting your short yardage back in this game. Like it did, it did, it doesn't make sense. You know, showcase estimate. You know, Tim Hyde called for it again for. Uh, the last 18 months, you know, he wants estimated to get 25 carries a game. It's like, who can argue with that? Yeah. <laughs> John Kennedy says I'm dead inside. Get out of the basement. That's all I could say, John. And, and, and keep away from, you know, the, uh, the top of Notre Dame stadium, brother. Glad, glad to see you commenting. That's for sure. Um, mm. Yeah. The usage of the backs. I don't. I love the two back thing. This, this is a new wrinkle that we put yeah, in. They even ran 31 sometimes. Um, Three backs. But how fun would it be? It's like, because they use Ford kind of as like what would be the fullback. And it's like, gosh, what if you put Estime in there and then you had, and he's actually your lead blocker, then you got love behind him. Yeah. Or Davis Sherwood, who actually is a pullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. It got weird, man. And it's just like, and maybe we've all been there. You know, I do that sometimes when I bet sports, Mike. Like, I'm like, oh, I love this. My fantasy lineup. My fantasy lineup. I was going to play Zach Moss today, and I get to reading, and I'm like, I'm reading from all the experts. It's like, no, you need to play Derrick Henry. You know, it cost me 30 points. So what is what what goes into these coaches' minds where it's like they start to overthink things when you got them? You got them. Just give the ball to estimate three, four times, and let's get out of here. Uh, beef sticks yelling at me to read a super chat. Like, dude, you dropped a two dollar super chat, and you're like eighth in line. So, okay, fire away, Mike. Sorry, I'm done talking for a bit. All right, uh, no, you're not done talking because we're about to go right back to you, sure. Mr. Goolsby. Uh, Theodore ranty, says, ranty, Mike, let's ranty. be honest. Uh, we aren't going to beat a top ten team with these starting linebackers when Steed was on the field. It was very apparent. All right, Mike, I'm really gonna get you going here uh, oh, because <laughs> you you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with it, Mike. This is the stats this is like the official stats right who had more tackles me or maris last night you guys were tied maris mike how many do we both have he doesn't show up anywhere here he doesn't show up with a single quarterback hurry nothing not an assisted tackle mike i remember okay now i'm doing the whole have i said this before right i remember us you being like how can you be a starting linebacker and have three tackles or something in a game. Like, how is that possible? Mike, how is it possible to not show up on the stat sheet and play? Let's see how many snaps he had. 61? Did he lead the team in snaps? No, no, no. I don't see Um, the snap breakdown on my end. Yeah. um, Let me pull. Do you see it now? I do. Let me remove the super chat. Um. 61. So Watts and Hardhead 69. Nice. 
Um, 61. That's honestly crazy. I don't, um, you know, in last week against Central Michigan, he posted two tackles. And I just, my question, and I do not want to like crucify Marist. I don't. But I'm like, I just, I don't. I said last week after the two tackle thing, I was just like, somebody help me make sense of it. Like, make it make sense. Somebody, Tyler Horka, whoever goes to these press conferences, like, ask Golden, like, are you asking him not to, like, and, I, and it sounds like you're being like a prick. But to be like, Coach Golden, like, are you asking Maris to not make tackles? Like, because that maybe that's the thing. Like, maybe it's somebody else is supposed to do it. Like, like when you t- when you come on a blitz, are you asking him to hit the guards right in? Like, or do we want do we want him to get around the guard and like get to the get home to the quarterback? Like, what are we doing? And you know, and Maris physically looks great this year. Like, and he'll run and hit. Um. But I, yeah, that that is. I'm at a complete loss loss of words. How you just don't register a tip pass. And, and Hyde, Hyde will defend Marist in terms of like how he fits up and what he's being asked to do in the scheme. I'll I'll go along with it, bro. But at a certain point in time, like as a linebacker, like I want to make a, a gosh darn tackle. Yeah, my I got even, if, even if I fit it perfect, I was a Mike linebacker. My whole I was basically a fullback on defense. I was filling it to the safety, spilling it to the will. Had a hundred tackles, had ninety seven tackles. I wanted to make the tackle. Led the team. I wouldn't, and I wasn't even supposed to make the tackle. Supposed to give the ball to somebody else. So I was looking. I'm looking at PFF. They actually have him with three assisted. Do I have the right? No, I don't. Of course. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I watched the game. He was around the ball a little. Yeah. They have him with three assisted, and then they have his alignment snaps, which I think is interesting. 19 as a defense alignment, and then um, 40 in the box. Two, he's lined up over the slot. So, and again, I am not trying to like, you you know, the. I think Maris is a fine player. I think he has his limitations in terms of being able to diagnose downhill. He wants to run and chase, and he'll play in the NFL. I know he will. He's got the traits to do it. But, like, uh, I just don't understand the scheme. This is much more so of an indictment on Al Golden's designer defense. Yeah. Um, that's a T-shirt that we could make. Designer, can we write that down? Designer defense. <laughs> um, but to the super chat, no, this isn't championship level football uh, from the linebacker position whatsoever. Jalen Sneed jumps out to you, Super Chatter, because he has burst. Um, and they just they're just literally telling Jalen just rush up field, just try and win with speed. And if they're allowed, like there are a couple times you'll see Maris to loop in and then they're gonna loop a, a it's very simple stuff. Okay, you're gonna dive down, crash down to the B gap, and then the three technique's gonna loop outside. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, but yeah. I've got – sorry, go ahead, Mike. Uh, no, that's all I really have to say. Yes, Jalen Snead jumps out at you because he's the best athlete, for basically from what we've seen at the linebacker position by a, a, a wide margin. All right, I've seen uh, a handful of Super Chats. Um, the great 41 and uh, 317 review. If you guys have any comments to go through Super Chats, please go ahead and drop them because I, I, I do not see them. Uh, but please go ahead and do that if you are still watching. Uh, Mike, let's uh, hear from uh, Irish Realty, which is your ticket to football weekend enjoyment as it presents the Eddie Square townhomes. These three, four, and five-bedroom townhomes offer everything the Notre Dame football fan could want. 30 renovated and refurbished townhomes have the location you want with the gathering space to kick back and enjoy your weekend in South Bend and Eddie Square townhomes are now available for purchase and affordably priced starting at $349,900. So stop by and visit the new model just off Eddie Street. That's close to campus, the East Race, and downtown South Bend. Check out Eddie Square townhomes at irishrealty.net. Again, folks, irishrealty.net. Uh, check that out if you are interested in doing so. All right. Uh, Mike, uh, Theodore, we just talked, we just did that one. Thank you. Theodore, Tom uh, says ghouls after what just happened at the end. How do the players respond to coaching blunders like that? Lose faith in the staff Do coaches apologize players. Uh, love you. You can walk me through that scenario. We kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, Mike, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've been, so Tom, thanks to the super chat. I've been very vocal about like, you know, during my time at Notre Dame, more or less, I was like clueless, especially as a junior. I got, my linebacker coach was a clown. Like we didn't learn anything. So you're just flying around based off of instincts. Never really knew how to get aligned. Never really even knew the down and distance. You were just flying around. And Zorch, you know, Zorch and I were kind of kidding about that because he had a similar approach. So I guess the reason I bring that up, Tom, is because these players, as smart as they are, um, as long as some of these guys have been around, they're still absolutely going to de defer to their coaches just because that's the way that's all kind of set up and structured. Like they're going to defer. Coach Golden was just in the Super Bowl two, three years ago. Like he knows best. Even if it feels weird, even when Maris goes to bed last night and he's like, I didn't even have a tackle, but I trust Coach Golden. That's how these kids' minds work, if I had to guess. And that's an educated guess. Now, something with this 10 men on the field thing. Um, if those kids ever did have a question about the scheme and how they're being used or whatever, like the 10 men on the field, it's, it's definitely going to make you look at your coaches a lot more critically, a lot more critically. And I think that trust factor is going to come down and I, how couldn't it, how couldn't it? And I don't know how coach golden's going to approach that. If it's coach Al Washington's going to approach that in the room, cause it was a defensive lineman that needed to be out there. Yeah. somebody in the chain of command effed up and does that somebody, you know, call themselves on the carpet and apologize and address the team. I don't know. I don't know. Again, the book will be written one day. Um, Zek says rest fairly, even the rest fairly even got away with holding wide receivers. Law and Marvin Harrison jr. Catch on replay um, was a bad call. That was one where they tried to call 
defensive holding uh, early in the game. They tried to the only deep shot they took to Harrison. They called defensive holding on Morrison, but it was like, was it a completed catch? And they're like, oh no no no, it's not a completed catch. But now it's a holding call. It's stuff like this is Z. What we're kind of talking about. Yeah. It's just like it takes time and it interrupts the flow of the game. It's not a matter of with a pro Ohio State anti ND. There is, it's just their job is to stay out of the way. There, there, like that that call that call they called on the offensive lineman for uh, Briars or something, or like unnecessary roughness. Like that was that was a terrible call. So they goes it goes both ways. But just keep your flag in your pocket, man. You didn't pay all that money to go to that game, Mike, to to watch the refs and their show. It's just the time. It's just the time. And again, like I, you know. I, I got emotional walking into the stadium yesterday. Like that was like a unique thing for me. Cause it's like, man, what a blessing that, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a chance to do this. You know, it kind of hits you sometimes, especially as you get older, but uh, yeah, it's just like all those TV timeouts and all that stuff. Like we're, we're trying to play, dude, I'm trying to play out here. Like, you know, just get out. <laughs> That's just, you know, my sentiment. Oh my gosh! Some of these guys in this YouTube comments are just nasty tonight. Some of you guys, I mean, it's like one percent, but goodness gracious! Nasty about what? Just, just uh, every everything. Mike, talk offline. Uh, yeah, I, I never. I t- I don't tend to look at the chat. Don't, don't. Yeah. I tell you in ten. Don't. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I need you here. I don't want you here. I'll, let me handle that crap. <laughs> I just saw, I just saw one sneeds a bust. He hasn't recorded a tackle in two games. It's like he's being asked to rush upfield. That's all they want him to do. It's like okay, you go in. He subs in for Maris, by the way, who plays that Aztec outside linebacker type thing, and they're just asking him to rush up the field. He had a tip pass this week down there in the, uh, in the red zone. I thought that was a nice play, dude. That was sick. Yeah, that was, stick, that was key. I was trying to keep a mental note, and whoever the guy is next to me, I was like, I was just trying to think of like, okay, plays. Like, okay, that was a good play. You know, your boy, dude, um, Baptiste. Hey, ba- well, oh. Baptiste. Angeli. Oh. <laughs> Baptiste, man, he's really come on, and that was another interesting thing that I I had written down was like. He's played his butt off the last two weeks. And at points in that game, you can't really gauge how loud the stadium is when you're sitting in the stands. But he was the only player, this new transfer, playing his ex-team in the Buckeyes that was trying to get the crowd up. And I was like – and then I was sitting – because I was sitting there, I was like, are these kids having fun? Because part of, like, when you're in this game, it's fun. Like, you know, give me that energy from the crowd. And he was the only one that was asking for it. So I was like, is the rest of that group having fun? This is just things that I think about, you know? Yeah. Or are they playing up tight? Uh, the great 41. Um, so that is a great number, by the way. I love that number, 41. Mm-hmm. Had a $20 super chat and then posted a $5 super chat. Um, it said, Ohio State fans are so arrogant. How are they when leaving the game? Do you think we could beat USC? So two part of there for you, Mike. I didn't, I didn't, uh, there wasn't that many of them. So yeah, there's obviously strength in numbers. They're going to be more arrogant. And I agree with you across the board in terms of their arrogance and the way they carry themselves, conduct themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. In this instance, it wasn't really a thing. Earlier in the show, somebody was asking about 
how many F-bombs did I drop? And that I forgot I had that thought, like walk into the car, you heard a bunch of them. <laughs> it's like everybody was leaving the stadium. And that's like all you heard was just one after another after another. So it was almost comical if you, if you were there. But do I think we can beat SC? Uh, not unless we learn how to tackle. Yeah. How's that? Back-to-back years? Just tackling? Just It's been a struggle. I don't know, man. It's not, you know. Like, like Xavier Watts was an excellent tackler last year. He's not so much this year. He was an excellent tackler last year. Do you have any thoughts on why this could be? Like, is it something they're not doing at practice or? Um, and this is just random thoughts, right? So this is like, um, love it. Yep. You know, Freeman again getting rid of Coach Bayless was kind of like he's, you know, Coach Bayless is kind of like old school toughness, like grind, whatever. Freeman's more high tech. Um, you know, he wants to like. Uh, I'm going to say D load, but like he wants less stress on his players, which I can really, you know, I can, I, I like that idea, but these kids also aren't in the NFL. Yeah. So like in the NFL, you don't have to really practice tackling because it's like they're in the NFL for a reason. These kids yeah. aren't in the NFL. And sometimes the only way to get good at tackling is to do it. And it sucks. And yeah, a kid might get nicked up or whatever, but you got to do it. You can't protect your players if they're not, doing one of their core responsibilities. So that's what I would say as to like maybe why that slept, slept, sloughed off. Yeah. And Golden's an NFL guy. I mean, folks, when you're in the NFL, you don't practice. During the season, you don't hit. It's basically no. a glor- everything's a glorified walkthrough. Why? Because the games are so damn hard. Right. You don't recover till Thursday. This isn't the NFL. The Great 41. Appreciate the, the, the Super Chats there. Um, Rick has many Super Chats tonight. He says, players post questions after tcu a tsu game it sounded like we only had 10 men on the field that game on a play too <laughs> i don't understand the players post questions thing uh, i i guess like in a press conference after the T, the the tennessee state game i guess maybe it came out the notre dame only had 10 men on the field on a on a play and against T, tsu I, I don't know well but, if you can, if you're gonna do it against ohio state I'm, I'm sure you can do it against tennessee state i mean <laughs> Who knows how long they only had 10 players out there, which didn't notice because it was against Tennessee State. And it's, so. you know, that's another thing that kind of I don't I don't like about Golden when I see him on the sidelines, his demeanor. He's just like a he seems very clinical. Like he is in his thoughts, you know, on on his just on his play sheet where he's not paying attention to the players or whatever. That's Coach Bola's job, that's Coach Washington's job, et cetera. So he doesn't even look up from his play sheet. He's just out there doing a crossword puzzle. All right, Mike. Here we go. All right, Ian, who dropped some super chats earlier, he says, oh, the chats works now. Complimenting Goolsby for not narking Hartman. Uh, we met at old Matt Goolsby, which ND had gone after Fedoni. I'm guessing you know what that means, Mike. Oh, yeah. He, so he, uh, yeah, he works downtown Omaha. Uh, and ND, I do wish ND had gone after Fedoni. He's catching on. He's got three touchdowns the last three games. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. I remember that's uh, well, he's been cool a lot, man. Yeah, two knees, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, without Thomas Fedoni, this this show is not does not exist. You want to tell that story? 
I mean, you have many times. I mean, okay. Well, we got new audience members there, Mike. Well, Notre Dame offered uh, a class of 2021 tight end named Thomas Fedoni, and uh, I, this is the short version of it. And that was during COVID, like spring 2020 COVID, and there was not a whole lot of going on in the world of recruiting. So I'm going for literally anything I can for content. So Notre Dame offers this kid Fedoni. Well, might as well dive into as much as I can find out about him. So you know, I find out his trainer is, um, you know, some, uh, you know, meathead named Mike Goolsby. And uh, I get him on a podcast. And uh, the thought was basically, we well, we had been looking for um, an like a player. player, an analyst type person. So we really wanted to start getting into uh, YouTube and then launching a YouTube, uh, you know, shows and all that. So I had Goolsby on a podcast to basically get content as well as give him a tryout. Um, and uh, he did great. And here we are. Got so, a lot better, but yeah, yeah. it is. That, yeah, uh, I, I remember basically being like, Hey, we're looking for a former player. Do you know who might be interested in goals? We said me. And that's exactly what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. So. yeah it's funny too. is because when, because of my nature and because of my, you know, the way that I am, I never got to talk to the media when I was at Notre Dame. Like they never let me go in front. Rarely, if ever, did I ever get a microphone in front of my face so that this has been fun and like a little bit of a little redemptive in a way, you know? Um, My goodness. We keep addressing the super chats and then they just keep rolling in. It, you guys it, have been amazing. Uh, Beefstick says college football playoff chances. Now, honestly, who all needs to lose? This is not the answer you want, Beef Stick, but I don't think you can worry about who needs to lose. Notre Dame just needs to win out. Those other things will take care of itself. I think if Notre Dame wins out, they're in the college football playoff, unless you just have one of those freak years where everyone's undefeated. You have like four or five undefeated teams. I just have a hard time seeing that happen. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, one of those teams will have a loss there. You know, there's going to be some SEC losses. The Pac-12 is actually kind of good this year, right, with Oregon, Washington, and USC. Those teams will play each other. It's going to be plenty of one-loss teams. You just have to hope that that your one loss is the best. And yeah, uh, you got to root for Ohio State against Michigan and for Ohio State to run the table. That's that's kind of how I view this. Mike, thoughts on that? And to answer Beef Sticks' question, well said, Singer. Thank Coach you. Freeman's approach to this season, Beef Stick, is um, one game at a time. So let's mm-hmm. just kind of follow his lead there. And then the only other thought when I think of playoff, you didn't bring Sam Hartman here to not go to the playoff. But however this season shakes out, if we don't find him a chance, a way to like get to air the ball out, how 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 sad will that be? You know, you know what I mean? Like our next big game, we kind of do this dink and dunk offense. What a bummer for the fan yeah. base. It, you know, because some of that air got let out of that balloon after this. Like you've seen I mean, all the comments. Oh, we're gonna torch Ohio State, you know, because they believe it's fun. It's like I, you know, you want I, I do want that. Let's. I hope he gets a chance, uh, and maybe that means uh, bringing Braylon James off the bench and burning up a red shirt just to find some speed and somebody for him to throw a deep ball to. I just had the kind of the thought on why Notre Dame was so conservative. You think that's just that's a defensive head coach. And defensive head coaches are usually no, 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 no. to be clear, to be clear. And this is what Tim Hyde and I'm proud of Tim Hyde because he he 
he pushed the envelope last night farther than I think I've ever heard him. You know, he's you know pretty he judicious. Yeah, he was pissed. We're not throwing deep balls because we don't have receivers that can win deep against quality competition, everybody. Quality competition, not Navy, not Central Michigan, not Tennessee State. So everything that you saw, all those scrimmages leading up to it, it meant nothing. It meant nothing. So until we get athletes that can go deep and get free and create separation, you might not see that deep ball, and it sucks. Yeah. I just got called a Notre Dame homer, which I might be one of the first times I've ever heard that. So Take it as a compliment, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing this guy's new here. Uh, not beef stick, though. Uh, appreciate the super chat. Uh, Miss Dr. Mont, food lover, Mr. Singer, my apologies for giving the understanding that the O-liner tight end was the blame. I'm not, that was not my thing. I don't remember what you are talking about. Um, but apology accepted. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. I'm guessing it's from last night's show, but you know, it really stinks from these super chats. It's not quite Twitter, but like the better grammar that you can use, the smoother that things go. Cause like, sometimes we read this, me in particular, I'm just like, I want to, I want to be thoughtful, but I'm like, I don't understand what the question is. And this would be one of those. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand what he's saying. I just don't remember when okay. I just like, I think this was from last night. So um, I don't know, but we're good, bro. We're good. I see you in here all the time. So nice. Right, we're good, nice. Yeah. And I really appreciate the, the, the $5 super chat. Uh, Chris with one as well. And he says, this shite shite this the fault of shite coaching yes there were missed interceptions and tackling um won't shock me if a couple players transfer and commitments flip i mean uh, the commitments flip i mean if notre dame would have lost they lost 40 to 6 or something but i mean notre dame's picked up three commitments in the past like 27 hours no uh no, I, could, I, could, I could tell i could tell chris having been one of those you know recruits those kids don't play that close of attention Chris, those those recruits that were in the stadium were much more paying attention to the pretty girls walking around and the green lights than they were to our, you know, play call on third and short. I right. can promise you that. Right. I my biggest concern, Mike, was not the game for recruiting weekend. It was the amount of red in the stadium. And if you're saying it was about 15, 20, 25 percent or whatever, that that's fine. Right. About 20 percent, you think red? Well, uh, I'm no mathematician, as uh, Deuce Knight and I kind of agreed upon. But I'm looking at the student section. Yeah. Because I'm sitting, like, opposite them, you know, facing the Jumbotron. There's 8,000 undergrads at Notre Dame. So if you're telling me that that student section is 8,000 strong, there couldn't have been more than 5,000 Ohio State fans in the, in the building. Now, when they scored at the end of the game, it got damn loud. It got damn loud. Right, because how quiet uh, Notre Dame you know, fans that, Yeah, yeah. But no, like visually, it was nothing. Gotcha. The guy who's calling me a, a homer is just an Ohio State fan. So you have a nice night, brother. Uh, Chris says, um, oh, no, that was just super show. Chris, really appreciate it. Uh, ND Nation, where's our pass rush? McCord had time all day. Um, yeah, I mean, he got rid of the ball. Um, Baptiste got pressure. But yeah, I mean, gets kind of a gamer. I mean, he almost threw some picks, obviously, but uh, McCord is kind of a – I, I kind of like him, Mike. I don't know what you thought about him, but thoughts on McCord in the pass rush for Notre Dame? Well, yeah, I saw going into going into the game, like he gets rid of the ball on average like 2.3 seconds, so he does get it out. Why? 
because he has receivers that can get open. Isn't that funny how like football works? Um, but yeah, the lack of pass rush, either Al Golden's gone or Al Washington's gone. I do think that Al Golden has schemed this thing up. I mean, there's plenty of times where you have a one-on-one where it's Riley Mills versus a guard, no help. It's one-on-one, and all you see is a bull rush. And it's like, I don't know what's being taught of these kids. Mike, is, I think Al Washington has a good reputation as a recruiter. Or am I way off with that? Depends who you ask. Notre Dame fans will not think okay. so. Yeah, I don't, I don't see both of those guys being back next year. And they're tied. They're tied together. So Did whether you th- you're going to create, you're going to create rush with scheme, or you're going to create rush with talent, ability, etc. It's kind of a turd sandwich up to this point. What do you think about my bold prediction? For uh, this is Golden's last season. Freeman head coach. It might be a little crazy of a pick. Oh yeah, um, he, he could step down to being a coordinator. No, no. I mean, yeah, he. I mean, no. I mean, to to yeah, assume that right. role. Yeah. Is that crazy? No, I like it. Dude, that's what we built this show on, buddy, was theories like that. You know? (laughs) That's a good thought. It's a good thought. I don't think – I don't assume he would maybe call plays, but he – yeah, I think he should be more invested in the goings-on with the game plan. Now, let me finish that. Okay. Freeman's a first-time head coach at a, at a place like Notre Dame of all places. Massive responsibility, and he's grown in that role. I think he entrusted an older gentleman in Al Golden to, like, run shit while I'm trying to learn how to be a coach. So if he's got himself caught up in terms of the head coach piece, then maybe he can go back to what's familiar and, and yeah, get more involved with the defensive side of the ball. Mike, I just looked at the – the clock were an hour 16 in about to be 17. And after that three and a half hour show we did the other night, I mean, this yeah. is like nothing. I mean, I feel like I just sat down. So are you good for a little while? Yeah, man. I'm, okay. I, I, my voice, I was yelling last night. So as long as my voice holds up, I'm fine. Okay. Um, well, Andy Nation, appreciate that super chat. Chief Brody says uh, both offense and defense played really well until it came to making big plays. Both came up short, and with Buckner, we lose forty to zero. I don't know about that. We move the ball. Um, that I, I, I kind of agree with this, Mike. You heard me talk about this show last night, but like when you look at the numbers, offense, dude, it had the drives, just did not, did not capitalize on their opportunities to get them, get them down there. And I don't know how hard you can be on the defense. When they held Ohio State to 17 points, because we all, we would all do cartwheels before the game if you told us that. But kind of the same thing, they crapped down their leg, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so do yeah. you agree with me, Mike? Have you got a different take on this? It's just it's um I think that the offense played better than the defense. That's just a, just my first thought when reading this. And then uh Golden's defense is just like perplexing. Because it's like, you know, Marist is your starter and he doesn't he doesn't produce anything. And it's kind of like our defense. Like we don't give up points. We let teams move the ball. We we don't give up points, but we don't create turnovers. This is gonna be two years in a row. We don't turn the ball over and we don't get pressure. Yet somehow they don't score points. So may, again, it, it, I guess it works. I guess it works. So yeah, that's these are questions that like the horkas of the world have to like a one-on-one interview with Golden. Like, what is your fundamental? Like, what are your fundamentals? What's your philosophy to call in a defense? 
Like, what is the three most important things to you? And then we learn a little bit more. But yeah, the defense, I guess, played well. I guess the de- so the defense missed eight to ten tackles, didn't give up a ton of points, dropped interceptions. But yeah, I guess they played well because they only gave up seventeen points. We didn't win the game though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, accidentally popped that comment on the screen. Can we slow down on super chat? I need to get Goolsby to bed. I personally won't be tucking Goolsby into bed, but um, maybe. Chief Brody, appreciate the uh, the super chat. Uh, 317 reviewer dropped to $5. I did not see, I have not seen any other comments from you, uh, but uh, really do appreciate the super chat. I'll be looking for you if you have any comments, if you want us to address anything. Uh, Garth Cassidy says, can we move Junior back to Mike Linebacker and play more on Yay? Um, we talked about this, I think, after week one or week two, because, yeah, because Ziegler got, Ziegler, you know, got hurt or had to step away from the team. And it's just like, such an obvious move, Garth. Junior was playing as a true freshman at Mike, and then now he's 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 not good enough to get back over there. He's now he's now he's stuck behind. Um, but neither Burnham. played. He neither went from played. being like second string Mike to third string Viper, and we can't move him back. And Ziggler's still, you know, away from the program as best as best as I know. So yeah, that's one of those things, Garth. Super obvious. Totally agree with you. And this is another good point. Play Moranye all offseason. What do we hear about? All oh, the depth at the D-line, the development at the D-line. It's a strength of the team, yada, yada, yada. Come to find out, you get into a real game, and we don't play any of them. We don't rotate for nothing. Don't rotate for nothing. No, they really – we could pull up the snap counts. And then Anya is like one of those guys where if it's a third and whatever, again, Golden, look up from your play sheet and say, I want Anya in. Mike, look at the lack of rotation here. All right, here's your start from the game. Here's your starters Ramon Henderson, 20 snaps, Rubio, 12, Sneed, 11, Kaiser, 10, Nana, 5, Burnham, 4, Clarence Lewis, 3. There is no rotation at all. So that tells you that's like, again, Everybody's just got to like either listen to this show or like trust your eyes. Cause it's like, you know, you'll hear all this stuff like, oh, Golden stripped away the defense. Like he simplified it. You know, he's taking elements of the defense out. Clearly, that's not the case. Cause if the only ones that know how to run it are your starters. Right. I mean, that's, that's what's happening. You know, he comes out and like Tim talked about last night. He's got a bare front, which I played in high school. You know, he's got an entirely new defensive front just for this game. And you don't have, enough time in college to rotate that and teach, you know, at least your second string that. So yeah, Golden's scheme, the lack of rotation. Um, I don't like it, man. And yeah, I think, I think in Anya, absolutely. If it's a third and obvious, put him in there to rush, put him in there to rush. Like I got 17 super chats on cue. <laughs> That's it then. I'm literally going to remember when I, remember when I had throat surgery, remember this? Yeah, I couldn't speak for three weeks. Like, yeah, that's people thought people thought you weren't working for us anymore. That was last spring or something. No, dude, I had a like polyps in my vocal cords. I'd have surgery. I couldn't speak for three weeks, so okay. I can't lose my voice again. But yeah, all right, so we're on. we're going rapid fire. Yeah, Ape Gambino though dropped a fifty dollar super chat. I'll uh, just a banger. Uh, I jinxed Maris. Complimented Tim too quickly. Great show, guys. What do you think of? Meriwether's dad criticizing Notre, fan, Notre Dame fans, letting too many Ohio State uh, fans in the stadium. I definitely think if we start winning these games, 
it will help. What do you think, Mike? Because uh, I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, if so help. yeah, so he's saying I jinx Marist, and so again, Tim is a, a Marist believer, and again, I'm not being hypercritical of Marist. I just don't understand the usage. I don't understand the scheme, and I like to think I might not be great at, at evaluating quarterbacks, but like I at least know something about linebacker play. So Tim is like, oh yeah, Maris did a great job, you know, here. So I get where he's saying with that. What do I think about Merriweather's dad criticizing ND fans? Dude, you know, without social media, none of this would be a thing. And I just don't think it's a good look by you, dad. And I called Merriweather goofy. I said he could be goofy at times. And I still think that. You know, Chris Tyree, who just moved to receiver, was helping him getting lined up a couple times during this game, like bump in, bump out. Nobody else notices that stuff. And then Merriweather's dad was like, oh, yeah, we're out here goofy because he's 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 watching us. And then he's trying to, like, troll uh, troll me for saying that his son's goofy. It's not a good look, dad. It doesn't serve your son whatsoever. Keep your mouth shut and, like, let him go play sports. You're not a part of this. It's true. I mean, factually, you're not a part of this. It's just right. that stuff doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work unless you're. It doesn't work out well. It just doesn't. I don't think there's a good track record of like parents chirping and it's serving their kids. Maybe I'm wrong. Why is the pass rush struggling to take down the quarterback? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of befuddled here. Yeah. Defense gets close. Um, you ever heard from Joe Alt's dad? Who's an actual like Hall of Fame, borderline Hall of Fame player? You ever heard from him? I didn't think uh, so. Yes, yeah, but not in that kind of What's not that? in that kind of context. But I've heard from him on a few occasions. But more of just like tweeted a, out, like is this publicly consumed? No, of course not, because he knows better. And his son's about to go make top ten pick money. Um, why is the pass rush struggling to take down the quarterback? Honestly, just asking. Defense gets close, but doesn't get home. I I, I don't know. I mean. I don't have a great answer. I like I said, the idea of rushing the quarterback. I teach kids is that if I can get my hips, my hips. I can never figure this out. My hips beyond your hips, I win. That's that's pass rush. So too oftentimes you see people like tied up with blockers, and then they're just kind of like reaching to get the quarterback because they've never come clean. That's my best answer, Ray. But it needs to improve. All right, Ray. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, Chris says, I was planning on making my first Notre Dame, uh, my first trip to Notre Dame next season for my 50th birthday. If this is the product on the field, I'm not sure I want to waste my money. I mean, they're one dude, literally one like inch away, even with 10 men from beating Ohio state. I mean, come on, come on with this. Well, the team's not going to know it's your 50th birthday, Chris. But it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful campus, but don't let the outcome of a game. Yeah, you can't dictate your whole weekend. I mean, if you bring your family or whatever, a nice fall day, it's it's, it's not a bad place to spend a weekend, you know. But that's the run, the risk you run, Chris. You know, maybe we can get you in the locker room before kickoff. But guys, it's my fiftieth. It's really important to me. You know, can we play well? But you know, it's not going to happen. I uh, do appreciate the super chat. Jim uh, wants to know why no substitute for. Uh... For, uh, for DJ? DJ Brown, because Notre Dame wanted to play him over. They have him. It they comes down them. to Jim. Like, listen to the show. It comes down to the trust factor. He's a six-year player. You know, you can only get so many reps. They get 20 hours a week with these kids. If 
Coach Coach Golden's installing new wrinkles in the defense every single week. He's got to stick with the guy that he trusts to at least know the shit. But now, granted, he busted one on, on uh, maybe you see less of him. But Ramon Henderson's not a great open field tackler. And outside of DJ Ramon and Xavier, you kind of got nothing. I mean, you've got bodies back there, but they have zero experience. Yeah. Imagine you're Antonio Carter. You're this big transfer out of Rhode Island. You got all these programs after you. Well, that's you why, that's why, what's his face? That's why Kali left. That's why Kali left. Zero like, snaps. I, I can't get on the field. The Maris is out there making zero plays. See ya. Uh, Chris uh, said we were dominating the line of scrimmage in the second half. Why didn't we continue to pound the ball in our final drive? Still has me scratching my head. Same. I think the 10 men on the field, all this, all that. I, I don't understand after Audra got that 12 yard gain, feed me. And we're like, and he even acts shocked. He's like, wait, I'm coming off the field. Then we put in Ford, who's a transfer that hasn't played in three weeks and a true freshman. You know, not what I would have done. John says Goolsby's a riot when he's tired. I, I don't know. It's, that was funny. I don't, it seems like normal Goosby to me, but yeah, he's letting them fly a little bit more. Um, Elk seventy says thoughts on Day sticking up for team after game. I mean, I don't have anything to say, Mike. If you want to take a shot at Ryan Day, I don't know. You can. I thought that was kind of um. He 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 seems like an awkward dude to me. Yeah, I don't think Lou said anything wrong for one. Yeah, because I was like, okay, what is this now? I don't think Lou said anything wrong. I thought he's pretty, pretty, pretty like on point. And then for you to come out and be like, and like, this is, and it, I'm pretty sensitive. Like Ryan day is sensitive. He's like, these are coming after my kids saying we're not physical. It's like, yeah. Cause you got effed up against like, we all watched it. So you can sit there and tell them that you're not tough. You're not physical. So he is like, that is a button that even if a, an old man, an 86-year-old man in Lou Holtz, Hall of Fame college football coach, he pushes that button. Uh, but the whole thing is kind of a nothing burger to me. Generally speaking, all these college coaches are very, like, they're very, like, extra. Dan Lanning, chirping, you know, everybody's I chirping. Loved that. I loved that so much. Yeah. But, I mean, oh. like, but also, like, it's like, it's just like everybody just stay in your lane. Win the games. Yeah. I right, appreciate the super chat Elks and uh, hey Ape Gambino really appreciate yours earlier as well. Um CC Schwab 2 says when will we start sacking the opposing quarterback barely even rush the quarterbacks just miss out boys um making other quarterbacks nervous first look I like. just answered that question 2 minutes ago. I don't really have the answer, but I agree. Yeah. Do appreciate the uh, the super chat. Uh Relic with $20. Appreciate that. He says they said in the second half they had to just uh they had to not just "Quote unquote, uh, play not to lose on ball, but that's what it seemed like they did. You off Sam Hartman third and fifteen and a first down could ice the game, and you run and punt instead. Why isn't this why we got Sam Hartman? I could play the clip black from a uh, from John Kennedy, always Irish, and he three yells up. That's why he's here. That's why you brought him here. I can't do it as good as John, but uh." Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Well, if you just to give somebody, because we can all sit there and be like frustrated. Why, 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 why do we do this? Audra gets, uh, you know, again, 
That last series on offense, Rico Flores makes a catch along the sidelines, smart enough to stay in bounds. Next carry, inside run. Todger, 12-yard play. He gets up. Feed me, coach. Feed me. He gets pulled. You put in Ford and uh, Love, and they're going to try and run that, like, misdirection play. But, of course, we don't block 44, who's a, who's that dude, and he makes a play. And then he makes – that same guy makes a play on the other. So it's like forget the coaching maybe just to maybe help us all sleep at, at night and move on with our week. Forget the coaching. You, what you saw in those two plays between that and then the missed screen play on the next one was an actual player stepping up and taking the initiative, Mike, which is what I've talked about the last two weeks almost nonstop. We have yet to see one of our dudes do that on a consistent basis. One of their best players, number 44, was like, to hell with this. I'm ending this. Makes two plays back-to-back. Okay. All right, Relic, hey, appreciate the uh, the very generous uh, $20 Super Chat. Uh, Dylan Johnson says, been a Notre Dame fan my, uh, my whole life. Diehard fan. I live with three Ohio State fans. This one is tough. Dylan, thoughts and prayers with you, my friend. Yeah, Dylan, um, you look like a young guy. Get a better job. Move out on your own. <laughs> or find new friends, you know. He's a young guy. He's got some roommates. It's like, go make more money. There you go. There <laughs> you go. All the motivation you need. There's great advice uh, from uh, Mike Goolsby. Rick Palmer says, I keep hearing the kicker is able to kick 75 yards. Yeah, let's talk I about that real quick. Him. Real quick. So I had to do a – I got asked to do like a little radio thing, WSBT. I forget the guys' names. Uh, wasn't impressed. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, we got a weapon in that kicker. It's got to give you confidence. And I was like, no. No, I was like, doesn't give me confidence. Like he's not that great of a kicker. I'm sure he can, you know, Joe Milton can throw a ball 85 yards. Doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. So I agree. Okay. All right, Rick. Appreciate it. Um, Dingu says, thanks for the handshake. Great to meet you Saturday. Goolsby having fun with it. Well, there hey, you go. Good to meet you as well. That's I hope cool. he, I don't think he introduced himself as Dingoose, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I'm sure. Yeah. It was awesome. It was sure. Great. Yeah. It was a lovely interaction. Dingo's appreciate the $5. Al says, uh, how does Goolsby think we will respond next Saturday. Seems a team uh, bordering on the elite would take care of business. Yeah, Notre Dame about a six-point favorite, five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Duke Super Bowl for sure. I mean, Duke beats Notre Dame on Saturday. That's one of the biggest wins for Duke in a long time. Well, I think they have a better quarterback. I mean, he's a he's an NFL kid. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean – I've never said that we're bordering on the elite. I've never said that. I mean, we're trending in the right direction, you know, um, but we'll see. I think all I could add to that is going on the road after a game like this is good. It's healthy to go on the road. Yeah. That's something you've talked about a lot is sometimes, yeah. you know, that that's, that's good for, but like for an the elite league. team doesn't miss, you know, I mean, we're 50 plus missed tackles at this point. An elite team has a, a significant threat outside um, you know, we're a lead at the running back position, offensive line, quarterback on paper, yes. But if we don't have somebody that can win outside, there's nobody really for Sam to – nowhere for Sam to go with the ball. Yeah, then he's just a game manager at that point. He's just kind of a game manager, yeah. Just what we saw on Saturday. A good game. So, now we're saying game. that Wake Forest had better wide receivers than Notre Dame. No, I'm saying that the teams Wake Forest played aren't Ohio State. Right. That's and what when I've they did say. I've been saying it all off season. Yeah. And it Ooh. played itself out. Ooh. 
Goolsby. Well, you're not the one getting shit on for six months about an opinion. I'm just telling you that you just saw it. So it's playoff or bust. Go, go, Irish off $20 super chat. Uh, I have not seen another one from you, but uh, another comment to follow this up. But hey, really appreciate the support. If you're still in here, uh, post a post a comment and I'll get to you. Go, go, Irish. Uh, Dylan Johnson earlier said, appreciate that uh, that advice. Um, so uh, yeah, go, go, Irish. I'll be looking for you if you have, have any other comments. Brendan says, is Al Washington the issue? Who coaches tackling? Yeah, I think we, we've There's covered no that, designated. Mike. I'm getting so worked up. There is no designated tackling coach, Brendan. Come on. Is that yeah. Washington an issue? If if he's not, if you have a pass rusher and they don't know how to get free, they don't know how to you know use their arms or like slip a block, they don't even need a coach. You can get on Instagram, go to dlinevids.com. There's all these places, there's all these sources where they'll be like, oh, this is Joey Bosa using a double swipe into a whatever move. You know, I mean, so it's either a lack of talent from the kids, um, that they just don't have an ability to like use a move. I said that's last year. Isaiah Foskey had no pass rush moves. I don't like Al Washington as a coach. No, I don't. All right. Uh, go, go. I said the team came to play. We had all kinds of funny ish uh, replays, change calls under man for no reason. However, we held this team to 17 points. Can you describe how good this defense is? Talked about it like, earlier. I cannot, I can't describe even what it is. Cause you're like, yeah, we held them. They don't score a ton of points, but like nothing happens. There's no tackles for loss, there's no sacks, and there's no turnovers yet. They don't score points. It's so I like I said, like I don't know what it is. So I said this 20 minutes ago. Um, somebody asked Golden like what his philosophy is as a coordinator. Like when he builds a game plan, is he trying to turn the ball over? Because this is going to be two years in a row now where we create no turnovers. And that's to me is something that I would like to see. But you are on one right now, and I love it. That was I'm dude. I'm, I'm literally delirious. I'm sweating. I'm deli- delirious. All right. Yeah. Well, we we have in like a day, two days. Right, we have three more well, left. They get to them, but it's just like the people uh, watch the show. You're like asking questions. Somebody well, asked. Well, we're also questions. 20 minutes behind on some of these. So, uh, Beefstick said, "Been a fan since Charlie Weiss took over. I was 13 year olds. 13 years old. I'm 31 now. Will I see a national championship before I'm dead? Who the hell knows, Beefstick? Who knows? Waste of time. I have no idea." Tyler Fisher says new special teams coach sucks recruit a kicker. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't. Yes, but back when I played, there was no special teams coach. Each like Urban Meyer was the kickoff return coach. You know, some other coach was a uh, was the punt team coach. Steve Adazio was the punt team coach off the top of my head. So each coach was given uh, a special teams grouping. So the special teams coach, yeah. Um, Sure. And recruit a kicker. I don't think you're going to, I don't think that's going to happen. Dalton Green with the last one of the night says, was it just me or was every big catch on Thomas Harper? Benjamin Morrison looked great in my opinion. Yeah, no, I texted Tim Hyde after the game and I feel terrible for Harper. And this isn't, uh, this is, this is going to run in the same vein as Maris Leofau. Um, I'm not knocking Maris as a player like entirely. Again, I don't like his instincts, but how is he being used? Harper, that nickel position, and it was the same thing last year with Tariq Bracey, they're asked to do so much, folks. And he's on an island the entire game, and he gets no help. Oh, and he happens to be going up against Abuka, who's like a first-round pick. Right. Um, and they ran him ragged. So it's just like, man. And Harper's a 
really, really good player. I mean, up to this point, this is a fun topic. Up to this point, who's your defensive MVP? It's either Harper or Baptiste. Who's playing the best? On, and Howard Cross has been great. And Morrison's been great. But two of your top four players are transfers. Is that fair? Hmm. Cross never gets his name called. Cross played awesome this game. He played awesome, especially like the first half. But Harper's played his tail off. Baptiste is playing great ball. Two of your best players are transfers. Right? Am I yeah. missing anybody? Morrison's played well. Yeah. I think Morrison's your most overall Mills talented, like but people are saying we start calling Riley Mills Bigfoot. All, you hear about how big and strong he is, but nobody ever sees him. You know, that's Riley Mills anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think Morrison's your best overall player, but in terms of like who's had the most impacts, most like, impactful. Yeah, last couple, two, three Harper. games, it's one of those two. Yeah, because Gene Baptiste, I mean, no sack against Ohio State. He was good, but still no sacks. So, um. All right, Mike. I'm cash, dude. Go to bed. Go to bed, man. Got work in the morning. All right. That was fun, dude. All right. We're going to sign off there. Hit that thumbs up if you have not done so yet. Subscribe, rate, review, blueandgold.com, all the, all the normal yada yada. Thanks to our sp- line jumper. Sorry, man. We are so done. Um, we, we, are, we are very done. I really appreciate the $10 super chats. Screenshot that. Send me a Twitter DM email. And we'll we'll talk about it next week. We were I'm signing Goolsby off. He's so tired. I, I pinned a comment saying no. Yeah, worries. so they know. I drove back last night. I drove from Indiana to Nebraska last night, so didn't sleep. You know, and then been watching the game all day. I'm cashed, fellas. All right, we're signing off there again. Uh, uh, line jumper, uh, ironic name because you were at the end of the line there. But just yeah, message me. We'll get to that uh, next time. Appreciate you all. Um, and as always, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 